0: We have a new covenant in our King who is taking this broken down world and removing the physical of the world in this way and bringing in a better physical world. Amen. Well, it's awesome to be here with you. Glad to be worshiping with you. May God get all the glory. Man, we are rallied together to make much of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said... Much of Jesus Christ, that's what it's always about first and foremost. It is so easy to make the everyday things of life start taking over. This is about Jesus getting his worship, all right? So let's go after it big. We're in a series here called Greater, Jesus, my passion. Greater, Jesus, my passion. So we looked at all of the book of Hebrews, chapters 1 through 11, talking about him as the son of God and the lamb of God and the great high priest and the one who has done for us, the one whose blood has paid for what we needed and what we owed. I mean, what an awesome Uh, Offertory there just singing the truths of Hebrews 1 through 11. So how do I respond to those truths? What's the call out? That's what we're in in this series, looking at Hebrews 12 and 13. In fact, we're closing up chapter 12 today as we go through it. And as we dive in, we're going to be looking at 18 to 29. It's going to be talking all about the power of what the hope is that we have in Jesus Christ, all right? So as we get started, before we dive into it, it's important that we put on a little bit of understanding. We got to take a step back and make sure we've got the Jewish mindset. Remember the author uh, of the book of Hebrews was writing to the Jewish people. That's why it's called Hebrews right he's writing to the hebrew people and so he's writing to people who have a very jewish mindset and a very strong jewish understanding and so as he begins into this topic they would have been like all oh, right i know exactly what you're talking about we're going to need a little bit of a prep ahead of time and then we'll dive in all right so think back to when israel was in egypt all right so we're all the way back old testament second book we're in exodus right so we've got israel in egypt Moses is ending up being called by God to help take them out. So Israel is being brought out of Egypt. Moses brings them across the Red Sea. He brings them into the wilderness, and God guides them over to Mount Sinai. It's time for God to say, look, here's where we're at. We're going to work through a few details. I'm setting some expectations. I'm going to let you know who I am, and I'm going to let you know what I'm calling you to, right? God calls them to Mount Sinai where the law is given out. And so as the law is given out, you see it in like Exodus 19 and 20, kind of in that area there, uh, if you want to go back and read it this week. But the bottom line is God ends up coming down, visibly making his presence known. It said that smoke came down and settled because there was a fire of the presence of God burning. Can you imagine? There's like something, call it about a million people, they're kind of rallied around the base of Mount Sinai. Now, when we hear the word mountain, you may picture like Rocky Mountains, picture way smaller. Picture like Chestnut Mountain in Illinois. Okay. (laughs) It's a little bigger than that, but you get the gist, right? Bring it way down, right? Think smaller. They're at the kind of the base of a, a big, big hill, okay? Mount Sinai. And as they're at the base of this hill, all of a sudden, the presence of God in smoke is coming down. The first thing you do is you go, right? You're like, what's going on? And as the smoke comes down and this power and fire and presence of God comes up, then all of a sudden lightning flashes and thunder and rumbling like we are talking some of the biggest, baddest storm coming as you hear the thunder clip loose. And then all of a sudden they hear a trumpet, kind of the old school Jewish trumpet. You know, the ones that are like, right? That kind of sound. And it keeps getting louder and louder and louder. And that is a call for action. It is a call of reality. It is God saying, this is super important. Hang on. And as they're hearing the trumpets and the thunder and the lightning and the smoke, all of a sudden they hear a voice say, Moses, Come up on the mountain." And you know every Jewish person thought, glad it's not me, right? Good luck. Hope that goes well for you. We're not in that, right? And calls him up. And then actually, God actually says, this is now a holy mountain. My presence is here. As you come up, you are coming into my holy presence. So block off the base of the hill. Don't let anybody come up on this holy mountain where I am now present. And if they do, they will need to die. These are the thunderous statements being made as the presence and the power and the holiness and the stunningness of God is in front of them. And as the Jewish people saw this and heard this and were in awe of this, they went and made a golden calf and worshiped something else. Do you remember that? A total bailout, that's not really in the passage today, but I'm sorry, that just annoys the snot out of me. (laughs) Like, seeing the holiness of God and the stunningness of God and they're like, you know what, we'll make something to worship ourselves, thanks anyway. And they pull back some. That's some of where they were at and some of what was going on as the beginnings of the law was going to be issued out. All right, now that we've got a little bit of the feel of it and we know what to expect as we dive into the passage, here we go, turn with me if you will to Hebrews chapter 12 starting in verse 18. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 18. Point number one, be in awe of the greatness of the new covenant in Jesus. Be in awe of the greatness of the new covenant in Jesus. And this is our hope in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection on the cross, that we can have forgiveness of sins. Praise God we're not living under the law. And all of God's people said... And praise God, he has fulfilled it completely, and Jesus Christ is our hope. Here we go. There are going to be seven statements now about the old covenant, and then seven statements about the new covenant as we plow through this part of the passage. It says, "'For you have not come to what may be touched.'" A blazing fire, and darkness, and gloom, and a tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and a voice whose words made the heavens beg that no further messages be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses himself said, I trembled with fear. Let's just hold right there. Can you tell they're talking about the coming to Mount Sinai, the presence of God and the delivery up of the old covenant? He starts out, he says, for you have not come to what may be touched. He's like, listen, I'm talking to you as believers. You have now come to something so much bigger than just the physical Mount Sinai. You haven't come to just the law. It isn't about a physical mountain and a physical 10 commandments on some stone tablets. You haven't come to that. You came to so much more in Jesus Christ. He says a blazing fire and a darkness and a gloom and a tempest. This is when the presence of God's holiness came down and he made it physically clear he was there. He's like, listen, listen. I am here and I am going to be very real about sin. Blazing fire, darkness, gloom, even the winds blowing. Can you imagine your hair being blown back? Whatever you're wearing, robes or whatever they had on, kind of being blown in the wind. The dark covering as it all kind of went blackened out with the clouds. And the thunder blasting, it says, and the sound of a trumpet, in fact, as it says in Uh, Exodus and the sound of a trumpet that got louder and louder and louder and louder the presence of God being known. It says, and a voice whose words made the heavens beg that no further messages be spoken to them. I'm sorry, made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them This is a huge deal. Man, this is the people on earth and the angels in heaven and they're grasping the vastness of what's going on and there was an understanding that was being delivered and those angels understanding and the people on earth understanding and the hearers, the people literally said to Moses, dude, we don't wanna talk to God anymore. Do us a favor. You talk to us and you talk to God. We'll just talk to you. They literally said, This is too scary for us. And all too often we allow our fears and our passion about self to grip us. And we step back and we ask to be distanced from God. And uh, everybody say that's a terrible plan. Right? And that's what was going on here. It says they, uh, actually, they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches this mountain, it shall be stoned no matter what happens, don't let your animals even get loose. This is holy ground. Treat me as such. Make sure we grasp the holiness of God, right? That's what they were told. There's a perimeter established even to do it. Man, I'll just tell you, all too often, uh, we take too lightly the holiness of God. And there's a huge privilege that we have in Jesus Christ. Don't miss it. This passage is going to be talking about the freedom and the joy and the privilege and the hope in Jesus. Yes, for all of that. But the same God, yesterday, today, and forever, his holiness, his stunning perfection. May we not mishandle God's holiness. It is a privilege to be able to step into the presence of God anytime. And to be able to pray to your king and have him hearing you and responding back to you, what a privilege. May we grasp the holiness and the authority of God Almighty. And all of God's people said, it says, indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I trembled with fear. And uh, Moses, understanding a little bit of what the people were doing, he's like, look, I get it. When God said, come up here, I wasn't like, yeah, no problem. There was a part of me that was like, whoa, we got to be careful with this. What am I doing with this? As I take these steps, may God get worshiped and may I get small. And that's where I'm headed. And that's where Moses was at. He trembled, not trembled in a way where he pulled away from God, but trembled in a way where he allowed God to get his rightful worship. He was in awe and he gave God the proper respect It says, Moses said, I trembled with fear, but, and uh, everybody just say the word but. but. Like the reality is when you read scripture and you see that word, that is a powerful, powerful word. Like, hey, we just went through seven things that were true about the old covenant, about the law. And there was this physical presence and the power of God's holiness. And it was very clear that he's perfect and we are not and cautious of how you approach. And there will need to be a representative That's the old covenant, but here we go. Seven things about the new covenant. You have come to Mount Zion. He's like, not Mount Sinai. Not where the law was given, where people were afraid, where it was all about God's holiness and there was no coverage or protection and you had to have a representative. You didn't come there. You came to Mount Zion. This is the place that Jesus ended up at, right? This is his death and resurrection made available for you. This is the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, him rising again from the dead. This is a place where you can apply your faith into Jesus. Sinai was about the law. Mount Zion is about faith in Jesus Christ. He's like, you have approached Mount Zion. You've approached this place of faith and hope with Jesus as the lamb. It says, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, like into the presence of the one who brings life, you've stepped into the living, glorious city of Jerusalem on Mount Zion. And he's like, think about it. You're seeing all of God's glory as Jesus sacrificed himself as Lamb of God, as he rose again, as life is called together, and you're ultimately going to be called home to that glorious, eternal city, Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. Man, know this. You are called to a living hope through Jesus Christ. And even more, he says, to the city, he says, and to the innumerable angels in festal gathering. I love that statement. Uh, The bottom line is, if you look at the old covenant picture, it's surrounded by a bunch of people shaking in darkness, and they're pretty concerned, and they don't know what to do with it all, and they're stepping back away. And in the new covenant, you have angels, fully clothed in bright white robes, they're booming forth celebration, it is massive lifting up of the glory of Jesus Christ. There is hope, there is forgiveness, salvation is in Jesus Christ. The angels are, man, we are invited to a party. This is the new covenant. We are invited to a party, may we unleash with the privilege of what we have in him. He says, and to the city of the living God, and to the innumerable angels in festal gathering, partying and celebrating, bright and worshipful. It says, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Everybody say, that's the saved. This is people who have trusted in Christ. They've passed away. They are now at home in glory. They've already tasted of the new covenant bringing them hope. Jesus Christ he is their Lamb of God. He is their sweet privilege. He is their King of Kings. And they are at home in glory after passing away, saved. May God get all the glory. And this is a huge deal. They've already begun to receive part of their inheritance. Right? This is a huge privilege in this new covenant. It says, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Perfect. And to God, the judge of all. Like if you just stopped right there and you think back to what the old covenant is, well, it ends up sounding very similar to holy God, big and righteous, perfect. Our sin is a big problem. It says, and to God, the judge of all, uh uh-oh, right? And uh, this is a huge deal. We answer to the God who is going to judge all. Our decisions will stand before the ultimate king. That's absolutely true. Now the privileges in Jesus Christ, we have all of our sin covered and we get to be able to talk about those things we've done for our God in celebration. Man, as believers, we get to stand before him being able to be rewarded, but not punished. Our punishment taken on the cross in Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen, amen man, that's our hope. Man, if you have come here today and you're like, I'm not exactly sure where I even stood with Jesus Christ as I walked in, please hear me. Man, what an awesome moment to be able to hear. Jesus died for you. He rose again for you. And he's offering you a forgiveness of sins through him. As you say, I am done with that sin. God, I'm hearing you call and I'm coming to you. That's saved. You're in charge, not me. And my sin covered by you. Thank you, Jesus, for your work on the cross. Man, that's what the baptism celebration is gonna be all about coming up on the 25th, is those who have trusted Christ as Savior but have not since been baptized, we're gonna be going after it together and celebrating in the services throughout the day, saying, praise God, he works, he moves, he saves. And man, if you haven't been baptized, we'd love to have you join us. It'll be an awesome celebration. Let's do it together, right? It says unto the God who judges all, and to the spirits of the righteous, ready, made perfect. Let that settle. He doesn't say unto the God who judges all, and to those who were righteous, who were judged for their sin. Everybody say not that. It doesn't say that. Who were made perfect. God steps into our life, his glory pouring on. He changes our soul one little bit at a time, this side of heaven, taking us home to glory with him, where all of a sudden, in the twinkling of an eye, bam, all sin dropped, utter perfection. We're with him, with inheritance forever. He is perfecting along the way. That's the hope we have. Those are the seven things he shared about the new covenant in comparison to the old. He's like, let me get this square. The old covenant was shaken. They were freaking out. The new covenant is celebration. It's inheritance. It's privilege. May we go after it together. Man, this is a huge hope. It says, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. If you remember, we talked about Cain and Abel this summer and some of what happened there. And the blood of Abel basically said, I was murdered. And it actually held Cain guilty. He was held accountable for his sin. The statement here is the blood of Jesus is not holding us accountable for our sin, but instead covered our sin. We are sprinkled with the blood that speaks a better word, a saving word. Jesus' blood, a better word word for us. And this is where the offering song came from, right out of this passage. A better word for you and for me. Everybody say a better word. We have hope in Jesus Christ. He has died. He has risen. He is my savior and king. He is lamb. He is high priest and he will reign over all. May Jesus get all the glory. Are you in with the new covenant? Are you celebrating the freedom we have in him. Why even talk about this? Well, if you remember last week, we were talking about words like strive and endure. And he's like, listen, I know you're being called to action, action that can be tough. I know you're being called to work on things that can call out a a lot of effort on your part. So here's some things you need to know. Your God is with you. Your God has it in hand. This isn't some old covenant thing. This is new covenant hope in Jesus Christ. Get ready to run with him. May God get all the glory. This is like, you're not alone in it. God is right here with you in it. May he get all the glory, right? uh, Let's do this. Remember when we were back in the beginnings part of uh, Hebrews and we were talking about the tabernacle, Remember when we had the tabernacle set up up here? We were actually using this LED wall in a little different structure and we were talking about what it is to enter the tabernacle. And there were the three things inside the tabernacle. There was the lampstand, right? There was the bread and then there was this altar of prayer that you could come to and the priest would step up to that. The people weren't allowed to go. The temple was separated away and only the priest would represent. They would be the one who would represent all of the people. The rest of them all stood back. The holiness and the presence of God right there. Think like a Jewish person now. Think temple, tabernacle, separation from God. Priest is the one who enters in. Right? Got it? Feeling the The call to come step into the holiness of God as a major difference. Think about Sinai with the lightning and the thunder and the clouds of heaviness and it's all settling down. And as they're told about who God is, they're also told don't approach. Step back, only him stepping up. Moses, huge deal. He's like, make sure you grasp the difference. Or maybe let's even say it this way. Think about the legalistic church you may have been raised in. I know that I was. A church that taught all about the actions you were called to but never talked about the hope and the empowerment of Jesus Christ and His forgiveness and working that through. Instead, it was almost a shame down on actions or behaviors or works. And we gotta be so careful, yes, to call to action. No, to do it through shame. Down with shame. Everybody say, down with shame. Man, down with shame, down with distance down with separation, down with God over there, we're over here, up with Jesus Christ enveloping us and inviting us in, up with him covering our sin. We have hope. We have an invite to come into the glory and presence of God Almighty. May we celebrate that privilege with all we've got. And all of God's people said, dude, that's huge. Don't miss the privilege. If we convert scripture into nothing but a bunch of legalistic tasks separated from God, man, please hear me. That is missing the glory of Jesus Christ in our lives. So simple question, man, are you forgiven? Are you trusting Jesus as your savior? Have you come to him and said, Lord, please forgive me. I'm done with sin. I want you to be changing me one degree at a time, but I'm in, are you there? forgiven are you alive life in Jesus Christ are you invited into the presence of God Almighty simple statement so are you living that truth out day to day are you living that truth out where you are celebrating with the angels in festal gathering whatever that exactly means right like are you celebrating your salvation Are you in with Jesus Christ? May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, that's our hope, man. May we in awe and celebration step before Jesus. Point number two, be grateful for the spiritual, eternal kingdom that we will inherit through Jesus. Be grateful for the spiritual, eternal kingdom that we will inherit through Jesus. He says, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking, right? Everybody say, that's God. It's like, make sure you understand the massive invite from God Almighty. Listen up, respond in faith, right? He says, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, Right? We have Moses coming down and Moses is telling him, you've got the voice of God through the voice of Moses, right? And so you could say this is God talking, yes, and it's God talking through Moses. You have him talking. It says, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. So now you have the thunderous voice of God Almighty in heaven saying, here's how it's going down here's how forgiveness is going to work. Here's how your life is gonna come in alignment with your God. Are you in? It's like, man, are you listening to the God who is calling you to trust in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who died for you and rose, to give your sin over and be done with it, In celebration of who Jesus is, he says, At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. He's like, yet once more, I'm going to shake it up one more time. God's like, listen, you saw me do a power work at the uh, Mount Sinai. You saw me bring a presence of my holiness. Well, let me tell you, yet once more, I am going to bring a thunderous statement to bear. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens, bringing perfection, salvation, sin covered, all things made new. That's how he's going to rock it. He says, this phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made. Right? This is actually him referring to a passage. It's in Haggai chapter 2 verse 6, if you want to write it down. Haggai chapter 2 verse 6. It's an Old Testament prophecy statement. But he uses the phrase and he says, yet once more. And he's talking exactly about God doing something huge. And he says it right here. The things that are shaken, that is the things that have been made. Everybody say creation. He's like, let me tell you, God's going to upside down it and restore it all. Hang on. God is going to do something with this broken world. God is going to do something with this broken body. God is going to do something where he ushers in a new heaven, a new earth, glorified bodies, all things restored. Jesus will win. Are you hearing it? Man, Jesus will win. God has a plan in place and we absolutely get to partner in celebration and gathering with the God who's going to take and make all things new. That's our hope. That's our privilege. That's our joy. May we celebrate him with all we've got. The created things. Yes, good in their original right as he made them. Poisoned by sin and broken down. And God stepping in and saying, I'm going to restore all of this. Hang on. In fact, he even says, in order that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. And so this is the things that are spiritual but more than that, and the things that he makes again called the new heavens, the new earth, and our glorified bodies that will go on forever. There is the things that can be shaken in this world, this broken down physical world. And then there is the things that are unshakable. Our soul on fire for Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. Man, ladies, please hear this. There is a thunderous study coming where you're gonna step in this, this fall and go after what does it look like for my soul to be unshakable. Lord God, I'm ready to hand you my soul, the thing that is going to go on into eternity, worshiping and praising you. How can this be shaped and changed so you get all the glory? Man, don't miss it, ladies. Get signed up for that. It's going to be Wednesdays, and it is going to be awesome, and it's celebrating this truth. The unshakable, the spiritual from within and the future, new heaven, new earth, glorified body. May God get all the glory as he begins to shape our soul. It says in order that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. And a huge privilege for us to grasp that God's not done. And God's not over. And God's doing something we can't even begin to imagine. When the angels decide to party It's going to be good. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this thing is going full tilt, massive celebration. I can't even imagine the tears in our eyes of absolute joy when we begin to see for real all of it starting to come out. And all things new being lifted up. And the Lamb of God at the center. And the beaming white glory of our almighty King getting his rightful worship as we drop to our knees. Man, are you ready to worship the King? And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. So let's get started right now. Let's make sure that in this world, we're beginning to live with awe. We're grasping that there is something unshakable and God is doing it and it's gonna last for eternity and the rest he's taking care of. Hang on. Let's worship our king with all we've got. He says, therefore, and when we see the word therefore, we say, right, because God is handling it, God has a plan and there is an eternity coming and some things are unshakable. Let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken." He's like, celebrate this. Satan does not win. Celebrate this. You are a part of being with the king who will win over it all. It will never be taken away. Celebrate this, that while sin in the moment is a struggle of sorts, Christ has it covered. Are you in with trusting in Jesus? with living in him and for him, living upon him and his truth, may he get all the glory. It says, and thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Why do we drop to our knees? Because God is doing something that no one else can. Why do we drop in worship? Because our God, who is love, chose not to leave us, but to redeem us. He chose not to walk away from us, but to restore us. He chose to live alongside of us and bring us resurrection and bring us life and bring us hope and bring us future. That is our God. May we worship with reverence and awe like Jaw dropped, hands up, God getting all the glory, your heart not distracted, eyes fixed on Jesus. Let us worship now for what is to come. That's what it's saying. He says, for our God is a consuming fire. I love the statement. I mean, he's like, I opened with him as a consuming fire, and I'm closing with him as a consuming fire. May I tell you this, celebrate that Jesus handled it on the cross and come to your king. Our God has a wrath against sin and he will deal with it. Please don't try to take your sin yourself and stand before your God and hope you're good enough. Bluntly, ready? Everybody just say that's a terrible plan. Scripture is super clear. We stand on Jesus Christ and our hope in Him. We have a new covenant in our King who is taking this broken down world and removing the physical of the world in this way and bringing in a better physical world. A glorified body and a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem that is going to rock our world. Dude, I don't know how it's going to work, but somehow we're going to recognize each other in heaven. And yet our bodies are gonna be glorified. Some of you are like, it's not a far step for me. (laughs) And others of you are like, dude, I have no idea how you're gonna recognize me, right? Whatever it is, somehow all of it coming together, God has a plan and we are going all things new, Christ gets the glory, we worship our King. And all of God's people said, let's pray.